Ladies, gentlemen, geeks of all ages, you are now entering BJ Shea's Geek Nation. Welcome. Yes, welcome to BJ Shea's Geek Nation. I am the Reverend Enfuego. Across from me is Vicky Barcelona. Hello. Hello. The show's namesake, BJ Shea, is on assignment. And running the boards is Joey Dees. Hey. Hello. On today's show, we're going to geek out about the final Morbius trailer that showed a little bit more of a character that, I don't know what the hell's going on, but we'll figure it out. Bats. Gareth will give us a lot of information about movies, TV shows, and video games. And then, of course, we'll get to the geek sheet with Vicky B. Vicky, how can people get a hold of us? Get a hold of us via our website, bjgeeknation.com. It's going to have our blogs, podcasts, and more. more. Or just search BJ Shay's <laughs> Geek Nation on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, iTunes, and the Odyssey. Yeah, plenty of ways to do that plenty of ways to uh, listen to us, interact with us. We've got all the social media out there. And uh, the email, bjgeeknation at gmail.com. Plenty of ways to do all of that. And let's get right into the trailer, the final trailer for Morbius. And uh, it's been pushed back, and it's been pushed back, but I think it's going to be coming sometime soon. They're saying it's going to hit theaters April 1st. Um, but that could be April Fool's Day because it has been being pushed back a bunch since yes. then. You can't do that. Uh, you can do whatever you want when you're the theaters and you just want to do whatever you want. All right, you can do that. Um, but this one was kind of big because we see a lot more, and it's telling the same story that we've seen so far. Morbius goes, he's got a disease, he goes and he hangs out with some bats, suddenly he becomes a living vampire, and trying to deal with that anti-hero type of aspect where he wants to help people, but he He's got to drink blood. Blood, 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 blood. And the big interesting part about this was when we saw the first couple of trailers, we saw uh, Michael Keaton's uh, Vulture, for Adrian like Toomes, second. for a split second. But in now, in this epi- in this uh, version of the trailer, we see him a little bit more on that. And even he says some more things like, Michael Morbius, you've been given a gift. And then, uh, but it looks like he's wearing a prison jumpsuit, so it would be sometime after the events of Spider-Man Homecoming. Homecoming. And then he also says, time to let go of what you used to be. Discover who you're meant to be. So this is after, uh, I would assume, that uh, uh, Jared Leto becomes Morbius. Well, I mean, he's always Michael Morbius, but he becomes the vampire-type character. It just leads into that, really, the aspect of trying to figure out what's going on with this movie. Is this some sort of, like... In terms of where it falls diversion. in the multiverse, you mean? Exactly. Because we saw that uh, in Spider-Man No Way Home, the multiverse opened up. People who know Spider-Man and Spider-Man get sucked into this sort of thing going on, This the the the... the, the, the the MCU universe. Right. And from, mul- from multiple other universes. Exactly. And that's how we got all the Spider-Men together and we had all the fun that was that movie. Um, and then we also saw uh, Tom Hardy's Eddie Brock, sort of, because it wasn't, he wasn't a whole part of the thing, but he was in a, like an island vacation spot, mm-hmm. but it was in the MCU. And then he got teleported out before he could interact with anyone, even though a little bit of the symbiote showed up. Right. But he was, he was trying to figure out what the hell a Thanos is and yeah, what happened yeah, yeah. with that and how did the world disappear. He's trying to make sense of it all much like Eddie Brock usually tries. So, and this is a Sony pictures one. So we all kind of just assumed that Michael Morbius would just be outside of the MCU So at this point in time, 
I don't know where, how, when, what multiverse, what's going on. It, it's it's super confusing how they're bringing all of these together. This was definitely the most exciting trailer of all the Morbius trailers, but I still have this one question, which is who is the bad guy in this movie? Because it is kind of him because he is still killing people based on the trailer, but then there's no one he seems to actually be fighting besides him. Himself, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, because Venom was Venom is technically a bad guy. We have two Venom movies, but there is a badder guy. <laughs> well, and that's the thing too because... It made sense in terms of like the comic books with Venom that there were other symbiotes that he was fighting. Like that made sense. Um, and I've heard reports so far that this is kind of following the same line as there's going to be another like. And the big problem that I had with a lot of the early MCU films was the villain was basically just like the yang carbon, to the yin, yeah, carbon, carbon copy, copy baddie that has the same powers bizarro. and has to deal with that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I feel and I've seen some of the reports that that is what's going to be happening. So it's going to be just a throwaway villain just to introduce the character. No, because my hope was that this would launch the Blade series by Morbius kind of getting introduced to the vampire network and then Blade comes in at some which point. Which would be fantastic. Which yeah. would be a way that they should be doing that because even at that point, you see Blade comes in and deals with that because at that point, they're both kind of have an anti-hero sort of status. Yeah. And then you can kind of deal with that and then also maybe even Blade realizing, well, you're not a vampire in the traditional way, so maybe I don't need to fight you. Yeah, and it could be yeah. just that sort of like like cat and mouse game as they're trying to do all of this. He's discovering his powers. He's being chased by a vampire hunter. That would be cool. I, that's what I was hoping. I yeah. don't think that's what's going to happen. I don't think that's what we're going to get. Yeah. I have a fear that this is going to kind of end up being a little bit of like a new mutant sort of thing mm, where- They try to go dark and- It just doesn't really kind of get there. Um, I, I don't necessarily like Jared Leto as an actor- and so he can take himself way too seriously, which is good for some roles. Yeah. And, and it's nothing against his Joker, because to be honest, from what I've seen from it, that it really wasn't an issue. Um, it's just he's got a punchable face. Like my favorite thing about Fight Club was when he got the crap kicked out of him. So it's like one of those where I just like maybe he's so good at being characters I don't like. Yeah, he, he reminds me of what Christian Bale tries to do, does really well, which is that take your role really seriously, get really into the part, but then have that human aspect. Jared Little, to me, just kind of feels like there's no redeeming, like, yeah. you know, quality into his characters, mm -hmm. not yeah. himself, but it's just he plays that same, I'm just going to succumb to the evil yeah. character. That yeah. being said, I'm, I'm interested in seeing it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But also at that same aspect, it might be waiting till it comes out on like stars or something, which I did for Venom. I still haven't seen Let There Be Carnage yet, and I don't. I'll, I'll see it eventually when it comes when it comes to my home television. You know, like my, it's one of those things. It's one of those like when we were talking about movies the other day, how, for example, the Batman doesn't have the vibes of something very spoilery can happen. Like, I'm yeah. not too worried about it being spoiled for me. However, Marvel does this thing with the little tidbits it gives you in trailers that makes you think something can get spoiled. So I feel like, like, I was just realizing this. I'm like, well, I have to see this in theaters, don't I? Because I internally don't want to get it spoiled because I feel like there are, like, how is this mm -hmm. all connected? And... I, I don't know. So it may or may not. Depends. Yeah. I'll, I'll definitely, I usually try not to go off like people saying, oh, it sucked. I'm not, meh. but I might have to do that. Be like, is it good? Is it not? I'll wait. <laughs> we've got, I mean, we've got a month until we're going to get there. Mm -hmm. So uh, we'll see what uh, early critics reviews say about it. 
But again, at that same point, it's a comic book movie. I feel like a lot of critics are a little bit uh, uh, tired of superhero mm-hmm. movies. Um, and, you know, this one might not be very good. We I don't mean, know. and it, the whole like Blade assumption isn't too far off. I'm basing this off of because I was curious when are they start? Are they going to be filming it? Because that movie's not coming out for a couple of years, I think. Oh, but they're going to start. Oh. Tar- they're targeting filming this summer. Okay. So, so if this movie comes out, they can kind of adjust and see what, how the reception was to it and kind of adjust from there, I guess. All right. I mean, fair. Fair for them to I mean, do that. I we'll wouldn't have to be see surprised. What yeah, yeah, exactly. We'll have to see what happens with all of that. Um, but we can't speculate that uh, that anymore. we got to move on. We've got Mr. Gareth von Kallenbach for, with us from Skewed and Reviewed. You can find that at sknr.net. we got all sorts of news covering, well, all sorts of different mediums. Gareth von Kallenbach joins us from Skewed and Reviewed. That is sknr.net. And a lot of stuff going around with video games, movies, and so much more. But let's start off with Back for Blood. Because there's a new update, right? Correct. It's going to be coming out uh, soon, not uh, you know, like the next week or so, but it's due on April 12th, and they wrapped this up in an interesting um, release in that they said, well, there's been over 10 million players on consoles alone for the game. And you had some people get a bit snarky and say, well, yeah, so what? It was on uh, you know, Game Pass and stuff like that. That doesn't mean there's still 10 million people playing. And my response to it was, that doesn't even factor in the PC players, and you consider the fact that it was one of the top-selling uh, games and top-selling new franchises. Definitely uh, a lot of interest there. And, of course, right now with anything, you're at the point where people have played it. They've gone through the campaign. You know, this is the touchy time for a game that is it just going to fade away or is it going to continue? And the nice thing is that there is going to be some new content And uh, so what they're doing is they're putting out something, uh, you know, the usual stuff you'd expect. There'll be a couple more uh, cleaners uh, introduced. So if people want to play as new cleaners and hear some new dialogue, that'll be in, in the mix. There'll be some new cosmetics. And while there is not a new story chapter, there is a new co-op activity called Ridden Hive. And this is really interesting. And it says you will explore seven different dungeons full of tunnels below the depths of the city. And they're infested with a new type of ridden type, which they are referring to as the warped ridden. And you will get all kinds of exclusive new loots and rewards and stuff. And so it's kind of interesting because what they're doing is they're, they're essentially saying, we're not going to give you a new story chapter yet. However, we're doing you a new game mode that is going to have new content in it. So that is uh, pretty interesting. And so as the next chapters start to come down the line, it will be interesting to see what those will uh, offer up for people. And I mean, it's always the good. They're not abandoning their game to move on to the next thing. The people who have put their money into it are now going to be able to uh, play some more with it and, you know, breathe some, some more life into it. Correct. And one of the things they're also talking about is, you know, we mentioned the new characters and the new skins. They're coming up with a new uh, difficulty setting called No Hope. And they're saying that this is essentially if you are an elite level player and you basically say, oh, I can go through this no problem. um, Try it on this mode and see what happens. (laughs) Good luck, sir. (laughs) 
Exactly. <laughs> uh, moving on from that, we everyone kind of freaked out when Netflix had decided, or you know, had decided for them that um, there was like all of the Marvel shows that were on there, Daredevil, uh, Jessica Jones, etc., were leaving the platform, and there was a lot of speculation. And it looks like they are moving to Disney Plus with an interesting caveat. Yes, this is a really intriguing uh, news because it potentially shows a whole new side of what may come in the future. Outside of the U.S., there is a platform called Stars that is offered through Disney+. And this is blocked uh, through an age date. And, uh, and essentially, in countries where you don't have Hulu, this is essentially oh. Disney's platform to put some of their more mature content, including some of the uh, films that they obtained from Fox when they purchased the studio. Actually, people sign up for it. They can go through it, Disney Plus, and you know how Disney Plus has the categories like National Geographic, Star Wars, Marvel, Pixar. Stars is a category in and of itself that they can go into and access this material. And what they're doing is they're doing something similar for Disney Plus in that they are essentially adjusting the age gate so that more mature content like the Netflix Marvel shows like Moon Knight, which we have been told is a darker take on things, are going to be available on Disney Plus, which has traditionally uh, locked into family-friendly content. And this has been a huge debate because there are people out there saying we want to see some of the R-rated films that are in the Disney franchise just branded under other studio names like Stakeout, like Down and Out in Beverly Hills, like Shoot to Kill, and stuff under the Touchstone label. Oh, yeah. and, we, and we're not opposed to seeing darker. I mean, let's remember, there's all these R-rated Fox uh, franchises and stuff that are potentially there. So people think that this may be um, a transition in that you're still going to see a lot of this content come on Hulu. Uh, like, for example, they have the recent film No Exit, which was a Fox purchase. They put that straight on Hulu. However, you may see some of the other Disney branded stuff or, you know, Disney owned studios start to put content on Disney Plus, but they will block it by an age gate. So essentially you have to go in and either password protect it so the kids don't get in or simply mm -hmm. say, yeah, I'm cool on this account. Anything goes. And so that's where you're going to see it. And people are also saying this could mean that down the line, we might see darker, more intense Star Wars content. We definitely Ooh. will see darker and more horrible content coming. And who knows, not just from what's in the archives, will they start creating more adult-themed content directly for the Disney Plus service versus sticking it on Hulu or another. That would be interesting just because it would relieve the issue of the where are they going to put something like Deadpool because, you know, it's just one of those ones where this is that's definitely like a hard R show. So when you're watching something along those lines, you uh, you might not want to have your kids watching it or, you know, do what you want on that one. But at least being able to have that age restriction is is a boon. Absolutely. And it has to be done because as always, how do you keep not just the subscribers you have, how do you grow your subscriber base? Because, you know, in theory, there's that whole argument of eventually those who really want it are already going to have it. So the focus is to keep them. But how do you grow it? And this is seen as the natural extension of that. We're still protecting that this is a service for family 
oriented content. However, if you want this stuff, it's available, but we're going to make sure it's not readily accessible by your children. Yeah, that makes a lot, a lot of sense. And then uh, coming out soon is The Batman. And um, have you have you had a chance to check it out? I did. I got to see it last week, and it's a very, very interesting film. I'm really curious to hear how the general public will take to it in that it's not a superhero film that you would traditionally expect. There is not a ton of action. There is not the over-the-top special effects everywhere. There's not a ton of gadgets. It's a very dark, not just visually, but in tone, a very dark, brooding uh, film. It's three hours long. It's a very slow-burning murder mystery and it's got a much darker and more intense take on the characters than people would normally um associate with batman you know, like for example bruce wayne is always portrayed as a you know playboy flamboyant man about town ladies man that sort of thing we don't get that this time out he's very dark he's very broken he's dysfunctional almost emo you know withdrawn doesn't go out you uh, don't see him make eye contact with people. He's a recluse in many illusions and references to him not caring about the family um, business, not caring about the family fortune. And, you know, you hear comments like people say to him as Batman, why do you feel you have to save this city when no one asked you to do this, even though you know it would probably kill you someday? Ooh, and gosh, it, yeah. And like the Paul Dono's version of the Riddler, this is a very, very dark and brutal and disturbing. I mean, you know, people point to the portrayals we've seen of the Joker in the past. This is on that level. And then some, I mean, this is a very messed up individual, but they take the time to explain their, and you understand their motivations. But it, it's so interesting because part of it is very early in his career when, you know, Commissioner Gordon is Lieutenant Gordon at this point. Oh, wow. And you hear things like other cops when he brings Batman on a crime scene. Why is he that vigilante doing here? Why is he touching evidence? Hey, this is a bad idea. He's probably in on this. You know, that sort oh, of thing. So yeah. it, it, you know, and, and then the portrayals that you see of the other characters in Gotham. And they what's so good about it is that while it is three hours long, and it takes its time, and you kind of get a really interesting idea. They give you a little more depth on some of the characters, and they show how, even though they may be from different sides, there's an interconnection between all of them. And, you know, you, you learn things about Falcone and Bruce Wayne's father and how things are not as black and white as they're always portrayed between good and evil. And, and it is just a really bold take on it. And I'm, I'm curious to see where they go. I mean, I, I, I think a lot of people will like it. I do think though it is not ideal for kids. And I think some people may go in yeah. thinking it's going to be a nonstop action fest and that's not the case. And uh, so it'll be interesting to see what people make of it. And I know that AMC seems to be uh, really kind of hoping that they're going to uh, a lot of people are going to be flocking to the theaters about this because there seems to be they're like uh, like changing prices when it comes down to this movie just for tickets. Correct. And this is uh, an offshoot of this whole thing we talked about extensively the last two years where the big fight between um, how soon is it going to come? onto cable how soon is on 
to streaming. And um, if you're going to put it on streaming the same day that it's in the theaters, then we're not going to show it in our theater. And then we had that whole thing about the various chains having to cut deals with studios that they agree that there'll be, you know, nothing theatrically released can be on streaming for so many days before it goes on to this service and that service. And this is the big test because, you know, traditionally HBO Max has been releasing their films day and date in theater. That's done. And supposedly what we're hearing is a 45-day window between theatrical release and between it showing up on a service like HBO Max. So some of these theater chains are doing what they're calling differential pricing, where they're essentially going to charge more for these movies than they would for other shows. So it's it's kind of interesting in that, you know, mm. let's say a matinee is eight bucks where you live and you show up and you want to see Uncharted or you want to see something like that. That's eight bucks. You want to see Batman? Well, that's going to cost you 10 or $11. Oh, that is, I mean, that just seems to be something that quite possibly could dissuade people. But also at the same point, if you're not necessarily in the know on that, you just show up, you're like, all right, I'll just pay the ticket. Wow, these tickets are kind of more expensive now. And that... I, I, it feels like it could potentially just be duping people. I think it's going to be an issue because the closest thing I can equate this to is back when they had the 3D films. And there was that whole debate, as I have always said, about you need to disclose to people if this film was shot in 3D mm, or converted yeah. 3D. Because in the early days, there was a night and day difference. You go in expecting to see Avatar-like visuals and it's not there. Uh, you know, you heard people say, well, you know, and that's kind of what killed this 3D technology. We'll see if the Avatar sequel push it back into the forefront. And this is the problem because so many people are saying either A, I'm going to a theater, it's not going to do this, or B, I'll just wait the 45 days because their yeah. attitude is, why should I pay $12 to see this thing when essentially that's a month of HBO Max and then some? I can just wait 45 <laughs> days and watch it. Absolutely. So it'll be, you know, time will tell and see whether or not this is a giant mistake on their part or if it actually is something worthwhile. Let us know. People can find out as well when they go check out Skewed and Reviewed. You can find that at SKNR.net. Thank you so much, Gareth. Anytime. Take care. Thank you, Gareth. And now it is time for The Geek Sheet with Vicki B. All right, Vicki. Well, Gareth already talked about uh, the fact that, you know, Big movie came out, Batman, and he yeah, gave his he review. Gave, he gave his review of it, and, uh, <laughs> you know, he seems to be very, very happy with it. Honestly, I keep thinking that, like, Valentine's Day was last week, so it kind of snuck up on me. It is not. <laughs> it is not. No. Uh, but I see a lot of people on Facebook talking about it, saying that they really enjoyed it. They feel like probably not the strongest out of all the Batman movies ever, but up there, must-see, and I believe that the audience is very much agreeing with that. And same with the tomato meter. It's got Certified Fresh at 86%. Wow. And an audience score of 96%. Ooh, wow. So it don't drink any fluids because it is a long movie. It, it's a long one. They might already have, you know, BJ's favorite app, the Run P app, if you really need to go with it. Um, but I have heard that is like even like Gareth said, it's a slow burn. Mm-hmm. Um, so don't expect the you know uh, you know pow punching, kicking, mm-hmm. and all the ridiculousness of like the other Batman's. 
from the vibe, I like from what I understand it to be like, you know how they say Walking Dead is a zombie show. It's no, it's a drama that happens to have zombies. I kind of think that yeah, it's kind of like a mystery adventure crime show or movie mm-hmm. that happens to be set in Gotham with these characters. Yeah, That's yeah, the vibe yeah, I yeah, get. yeah, yeah. That's what I would agree with on that, and I am excited to see it. I don't know if I'm going to go see it in the theaters or if I'm going to wait. Like, it's been that whole, like, uh, going to the theaters has just been, like, I haven't gone to a whole whole lot of movies in the theaters. Well, apparently, Rev, you might not have to wait very long. Huh? The deal that apparently Warner Brothers worked out with HBO Max is that they only have to allow the theatrical release for 45 days before they have the opportunity to put it on their streaming service. It doesn't mean they will put it on there in 45 days, but that's the longest they have to wait. Oh, yeah, because they're not doing the simultaneous. Like, Mm -hmm. that experiment from last year is over, so they're not going to be doing that, and I mean, a a lot of movie studios, a lot of movie theaters are very happy with the fact that they're doing it, even actors who weren't getting paid the way that they were going to. Um, so that's interesting. Like, even that it's only like, you know, a month and a half away. Yeah, it's crazy. The possibility of that. I'm, I might I might wait. I might be one of those people. I mean, I, I don't feel like I could be wrong. And please do not prove me. <laughs> <laughs> prove it to me. But I don't know if it's one of those, like a Marvel movie where there's a bunch of spoilers, kind of like Spider-Man was. So for me, I don't mind waiting either. But if yeah. I have the opportunity, like some friends are like, we're going to go see it and I have free time, I'll definitely go check it out if I can. Yeah. It's not, I'm not rushing to the theater to go see it right now because it's still kind of a, a little weird, weird experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, that being said, there are actually a few other movies. Oh, really? Ooh. Uh, one that also has a star from the Batman in it, and it's getting pretty well reviewed on uh, the tomato meter. Uh, Robert Pattinson? No. Oh. The Penguin. Oh, Colin Farrell? Colin Farrell is uh, has another movie opening up this weekend. It's called After Yang, and it's getting 83% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, I haven't even heard of this one. I hadn't either. So it's about when his young daughter's beloved companion, an android named Yang, malfunctions, Jake, played by Colin Farrell, searches for a way to repair him. The, in the process, Jake discovers the life that has been passing in front of him, reconnecting with his wife, played by Jodie Turner-Smith, and daughter across a distance he didn't know was there. Huh. So it says it's sci-fi drama. I feel like it's probably more on the drama side, except for the fact that there's a robot companion. It seems something along the lines of the Tom Hanks movie that was that Finch or Fitch or whatever that yeah. one was with like a robot dog and him. It, it looks like, I mean, there's not a whole lot of pictures or anything about it, so I feel like this is probably one of those fancy pants movies. <laughs> ah, the pinky out movies. Yeah, it looks like it did premiere in the festival, de, is it Cons or Canes? Con, yeah. Cons, and then the Sundance, um, so it's one of those types of movies. All right, all right, fair enough on that. But, I mean, got well-reviewed. Mm-hmm. And another movie that, I mean, it only has nine reviews, but it's highly reviewed at the moment. It's called The Changed, and I think it technically came out last year, but maybe one of those... Uh, like limited releases and they're re-releasing it in theaters so it can get nominated for stuff or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think you can buy it or watch it on Apple TV. But it is currently getting 89%, nine reviews, and it's called The Changed. Okay. And it stars Tony Todd, who you may recognize that name and he's pretty much on everything, but most most famously for The Candyman. Yeah, The Candyman. The Candyman in The Candyman. Mm-hmm. Um, also, <laughs> by doing a little research, I was like, wait. Because I thought that was him, but I didn't want to. I wanted to make sure I wasn't mistaken. He was also in The Crow, which I did not know. Oh wow, yeah, <laughs> he's one of the bad guys, and he also was in The Flash. Oh, at least his voice was. He played uh, 
like a Zoom or something like that's the character's name. He did the voice of Zoom. Oh, okay, cool. Which he looks kind of creepy. Do not like. He's done a lot of voice work. Yeah, but... Zoom. Zoom is another reverse Flash type guy. Gotcha. So, yeah, I mean. All of his enemies are kind of like reverse Flash guys. Everyone's an evil Flash. Yeah. Which is funny because uh, one of his co-stars is actually, uh, she was also in the DC Universe for a brief moment. Her name is Claire Foley, but she was young Poison Ivy in Gotham. Oh, yeah. So she's also in this movie. But this movie is about something has taken possession of the hearts and minds of the populace. So Kim, played by Claire Foley, uh, and Mac, played by actor Jason Allen Smith, uh, and Jane, played by Carly Avers, who I'm not really sure who she is. I think she's a newbie because she doesn't even have a picture. So oh, yeah, well. they try to convince themselves it's paranoia. But before long, the city is besieged by the change. By the time they realize an alien intelligence has merged with their neighbor, Bill, which is played by Tony Todd, a horde of change is a mass outside their suburban home. Oh, so body snatchers vibe. Yes. Um, but like I said, I mean, it's got nine reviews, but 89% as of now. Wow, might yeah. be worth checking out. And it would not be, you know, an early beginning of the year week of movies without a Bruce Willis movie. Are you serious? There can't be another. No there is another. way. I had to double check. I'm like, am I repeating these? What's going on? Because one, they all sound very similar. <laughs> <laughs> but right? yeah, so there was one that came out last week that I talked about. It was called Gasoline Alley. And that one actually bumped up to 8% on the tomato meter Woo! with 13 reviews. But the audience score, so this is last week's, right? Mm-hmm. It has 100 ratings, and it's at 97%. Oh, boy. What? Who is Bruce Willis paying to get these reviews? Damn. And this is the one with, like, Devin Sawa and Luke Wilson. I, I, I don't know. Maybe... I I don't know, no. and I I mean just based on the track record and like even BJ's reviews because he's been caught up a couple of times with these. I, I maybe I don't know. Maybe he's just you know getting a lot of money for his children, getting mm-hmm. it set up, getting a nest egg done. Maybe he you know much like uh, 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 you know I don't want to you know assume, but maybe he's got debts. Maybe, maybe something along the line of like a Nick Cage sort of situation. Or he just, they're like, hey, you want to do this dumb movie? And he's like, sure, yeah, I'm not doing anything. I feel like they, me out of the house. they might be all coming out now just because of the whole COVID situation. Maybe oh, he filmed them wow, a while yeah. ago. Who knows? And they just like, yeah, these aren't great movies. We'll just bust them out when nobody wants to see movies. Like, you got to fund a lot of startups before you find the perfect business. You know? <laughs> before the right oh, company. is that what it's going to be? So it's for him and movies. You do a lot of them. One of them's got to be good. But here's the <laughs> other thing. There was another movie that came out, like, it technically came out end of last year. It's called American Siege, and that got 0% on the tomato meters, but the audience score was also 97%. Hmm. Uh, there are two other movies. So there's Vendetta, which there's no score yet. I think that keeps getting pushed around. And same with Fortress Sniper's Eye. And that one, I think, is going to be in April. But I... Yeah, yeah, that one, <laughs> Vendetta has like an interesting cast because there's like Thomas Jane, Theo Rossi, who has been, uh, he was in Luke Cage, Mike Tyson is in it. What? Like, random. So, I if mean, these If these ones were streaming, I, and I maybe mean, at some point they might be decent enough to be like at home or maybe have like a, like have like a Bruce Willis watch party, but it's all these new ones. Mm. And you're just like, yeah, we're just having a fun party, hanging out, getting hammered, watching... 
I don't want to call them bad because I haven't seen them yet. Yeah. Except for the ones that you know have been reviewed and they are bad. What if you could splice together all of Bruce Willis's new movies to make one really good movie? There's obviously <laughs> there's fight scenes. There's something to do with the law and revenge and whatever. Uh, but I don't even think I mentioned today's movie or the movie that's coming out this week. It's called A Day to Die. And it has actors Kevin Dillon in it, Frank Grillo. Uh, Kevin Dillon wasn't he an Entourage? I think so. I think he was. He, I think he was drama and Entourage. I think maybe. So. Now Let's I gotta see. look it up. Blue yep, Bloods. Yep, yep, yep. He totally right. was. Yep, he totally was. You yeah, not mistake that face. Yeah, he's got a very specific <laughs> it seems type like, face. It seems like a very uh, drama movie, not a yes. Kevin Dillon movie, a drama movie to yeah. be in. No reviews as of yet on either end. So who knows how. It will be. I yeah. <laughs> I honestly would not be surprised if it gets another zero and a ninety-seven percent audience score. Because yeah, I mean, that's somebody's trolling us. Somebody has to be trolling us. I think it's the universe at this point. Yes. Yeah, just the whole universe. So honestly, I mean, you have a couple of options. If you're, you can't get in to go see the Batman, there's <laughs> After Yang, The Changed, and um, probably not a day to die. But if you really want to, I'm not going to stop you. Yeah. Right. We're not your boss. Uh, and until next time, guys, stay nerdy.